Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Lloyd Matheson. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Inside Sources. I'm your host, Greg Scordis, filling in for Boyd Matheson today. We are expecting, uh, any time now, uh, the president uh, to chime in on uh, a change that he is proposing to the filibuster. Uh, he's speaking at Clark Atlanta University and Morehouse College in Atlanta, and it seems to be part of his uh, recent efforts to pressure lawmakers uh, to pass voting rights legislation um, and really try to get more done in this country with that he's blaming, at least a lot of people are blaming on the filibuster. You know, a lot of us hadn't considered the filibuster or even thought about it or sort of included it in our in our lexicon in the last several years, but it's sure a big part of it now. Um, is it good? Is it bad? Is it something we should keep around? I and mean, we had a guest earlier that spoke about that maybe uh, maybe it's it's not such a bad idea because uh, we shouldn't just be quick to judge and quick to to pass legislation because we're suddenly the power the party in power, and that that maybe a simple majority isn't enough. His his uh, suggestion, which I thought was really brilliant, was. Um, rather than having a filibuster is to say, look, if this, if the same legislation will pass two consecutive uh, legislative uh, sessions uh, this year and next year, maybe it is popular and maybe we should do it. I hadn't ever thought of anything like that, but it was really, uh, I thought it was a really uh, interesting proposal. Um, we, we've sort of listened to some lawmakers and their stand on the issues of changing the, the Senate rules. Um, this is a Greg Sargent uh, from the Washington Post who told inside sources earlier that some moderate Democratic senators are now changing their position on the filibuster. During the last few months, a number of moderate senators such as King and also John Tester in Montana and a few others uh, who had previously been pretty adamant about uh, not uh, ending the filibuster have actually come around to the position that they'd be willing to do a carve out or some set of reforms. And what those reforms look like, I think we've 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 sort of talked about this, but maybe with respect to certain types of legislation, certain certain things that we're doing, we can relax the filibuster. I I don't know that anybody's in favor, maybe they are, of just doing away with it entirely and just saying, well, might is right. If you got 50 and 1%, uh, you should be able to pass what you want. But a lot of a lot of us who are have some gray hairs realize that maybe that kind of a knee-jerk reaction to being in power isn't necessarily the best way to go. As Senator Angus King, who is an independent from Maine, uh, previously said that he is, in fact, open uh, to reforming the filibuster, but not quite eliminating it. 
I'm not really ready to say let's get rid of it altogether because I think there are circumstances where it makes sense. Uh, so I, I prefer some uh, alternative uh, to what the present rule is. I'd like to restore the Senate to what it was, where we actually had debates and people had to hold the floor. And uh, so I think some kind of talking filibuster, perhaps a rule that instead of having to have 60 votes to pass something, you'd have to have 41 votes to stop it. So that way, the minority would at least have to show up. One of the problems now is uh, they don't even have to show up. They don't have to speak. They don't have to do anything. It just sort of becomes an automatic supermajority requirement, which isn't in the Constitution. Good point. And I think a lot of senators, uh, uh, I re- remember reading something by Bernie Sanders and others who said, look, um, filibuster or not, let's vote. Let's put it on the, the table and see what the vote is and, and put your money where your mouth is. Um, and, and if it doesn't pass, it doesn't pass. But at least we know why it didn't pass. Uh, that was an interesting comment because uh, what what uh, Senator Angus Maine from Maine said was, let's, let's vote. And uh, maybe it should be that you have to have 41 show up that say no uh, instead of having 60 show up to say yes so we in effect get the same the same consequence the same ruling uh, but by by having everybody participate instead of not showing up i mean if enough senators simply don't show up for a vote it can't pass because you don't have 60 showing up on the floor um again this filibuster is just one of those words and concepts it's really been a problem and our president is is frustrated by it he's hamstrung by it um and we'll see what he does we'll see where it goes i mean be careful what you ask for because uh, we may have a different party in in power uh, two or three years from now and may wish we still had the filibuster uh we heard earlier from greg Sargent from the washington post um uh, but he also believes that Senator Joe Manchin, who we hear a lot of, uh, the Democrat from West Virginia, is really the only uh, senator uh, standing in the way of nuking the filibuster. A lot of people seem to think, a lot of seasoned observers believe that it's not just Manchin, that there are a fair amount or maybe a few or more than a few moderate senators who, A, don't want to end the filibuster, and B, maybe aren't quite there on Build Back Better. I still tend to think that at the end of the day, Manchin is the ultimate obstacle on either one of these fronts. If he were willing to end the filibuster to pass voting rights and democracy protections, I think all 50 Democratic senators would be there. In fact, uh, recently we did hear from Senator Manchin, uh, who told reporters that he's open to changing the rules, but not necessarily uh, just uh, getting rid of the filibuster. We need some good rule changes to make the place work better, but getting around the filibuster doesn't make it work better. Uh, Manchin is in talks with Senator Collins at a bipartisan group uh, to reform the Electoral Count Act. Um, Last week, uh, we heard Senator Manchin tell reporters that he's been discussing rule change options, and, and here are some of the rules that he's proposing. I want to talk and see all the options we have open, and that's what we're looking at. So they're bringing all the experts in, what type of options, what we can do. We've talked about talking filibusters, and we continue to talk about this. And very interesting. We talk about motion to proceed. We should be able to get on the bill and should be dependent. We talk about also uh, uh, the ability to restore some privileges to the committees. They have some weights. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's just it's, it's one of those things that has, um, in terms of the way our country is currently divided in such a 
such a bad way. And there's there's no individual to blame. There's no one person to blame. It's just where we are right now. Uh, but the filibuster has pronounced that. It's made it much bigger than, than it has been because we realize that uh, we're just not getting a lot done. Uh, there's a tremendous amount of gridlock in Congress right now, and I hate to use that word because it's overused, but it is true. It's what we're doing. Um, I, I really thought that, that the earlier comments we heard from Senator King uh, from Maine about um, – reforming the filibuster made sense where he said uh, let's restore the senate to where you had debates and people had to hold the floor maybe taking a filibuster or a rule where you have to have 41 votes to stop it so the majority has to at least show up and we talked about how others and in, in the senate have joined that that sort of refrain and said look um you, you know at least show up at least tell us your your point at least let's let's put the issues on the table let's debate it and then let's vote and win or lose we we at least know where everybody is instead of uh, what's right now sort of becoming a no show and if you just don't show up uh, you, the, the 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 legislation that's being proposed by the other side isn't going to go anywhere anyway uh, we may still hear from the president today he's uh Apparently, always oh, a little bit late, but if he does, we'll break into uh, that, and we, it may kind of uh, upset our, the, the next couple of segments. But we'll we'll try to keep that flowing as we go. Uh, it's almost two o'clock. We're going to take a short break here, and we'll be back. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts. 